Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Motorific Podcast. I am Joanne Dawn, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, Christy Farrell. Hi. And um, I'm not in a closet today, but I am in a giant brick box, which is an improvement because I am in my new apartment. But, so I apologize if it sounds like I'm in a big box, because that's basically where I'm in. So, um, out of the closet and into a box. Into Woo! a giant. I mean, we have 16-foot ceilings, and we're, all the walls are brick, pretty much. It's a giant brick, kind of like a loft space. So it's just a little echoey, and I hope that I can um, do some tweaking in post-production. But today, I believe, marks our one-year anniversary. Of yes, it does. When we re- Is that when we released the first episode, I guess? Indeed. And um, so... I don't know what we're going to do to celebrate, celebrate. that, <laughs> except deliver something to you on time. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and um, thank you, of course, lots of gratitude and lots of thanks to everyone who listens. We've got some really great emails recently, so we certainly need to say thank you to everyone who's ever emailed us and... Um, we know we haven't always replied to these emails, but we do see them. We <laughs> try to be better about responding to fan mail. But thanks for sticking with us. I'm not sure what we have for you this episode, except some news updates. I don't know. What else? Recalls. Uh, more recalls. We can talk about the joy of taking off a OEM skid plate, doing an oil change, and putting on a new one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. We talk about oil changes. Um, we could talk a little bit more about the climb suit. Have you had any time to ride in it at all? Yes, I, I rode yesterday. Oh, we can also talk a little bit about that, too. Um, okay, so we can talk about that. And then yeah. just so the guys don't feel left out, we can also do a little bit of a little breakdown about climb in general. And um, I can go over some of the men's lines, which, you know, some women may want to wear, too. So we can all, I can always mention the few different suits. I mean, I like them. I'm a huge fan of climb. I, I can almost fit in one. So I'm really excited. Um, so we can talk a little bit about that too. Cause I know I'm sure some of you are curious about climb and what the big deal is. And, um, I don't know what else. Um, I bought some new shoes. I actually <laughs> bought riding sneakers because now everybody's making a riding sneaker so that's the big thing right now are sneakers that supposedly you can ride in yeah you can i mean you can ride in any sneaker but you know some of the companies are just making amped up sneakers like you know alpen stars has like 10 riding shoes all kinds of sneakers and high what's tops their, what's their protection level on the inside is there any it's moderate. I mean, it's 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 basically your hiking boot or your high top, but with a better sole. So at least there's a little bit of shock absorption, and then there's uh, soft, what we call malleolus armor on the inner and or outer of the ankle. But not all shoes have it on both sides. A lot of the cheaper shoes only have it on the outside, but it just typically is like a dollar coin sized. You'll see like a round kind of imprint and that's just some soft armor. It's really not very good in my opinion. Um, I That's why I can't ride, wear, ride, I won't ride in riding shoes. But I mean, at least the the heels, the heel cups and the toe boxes and the soles are much sturdier at least. So they're not like a chuck, you know, like a pair of chucks where you can literally roll them up into a little ball. So they're definitely better than your Reebok sneaker or your Nike. You, know? <laughs> you just said Reebok. Do they still make shoes? I think they do. Um, but <laughs> that's because I grew up wearing them. LA um, gear, yo. LA gear. I used to wear those too. So they're better. <laughs> they're definitely better than your sneaker or your hiking boot for sure. They're just moderate. That's all. It's just kind of the base level of protection. So they're only really good if you're going to... Maybe you have a five-mile commute across town like I do. Like Mine's four miles. So maybe your commute's like 
just across the city streets. You're not going on the highway. You're not doing twisties. You're just, you know, around town. Or maybe you're on a scooter. Something like that. I would say a safe argument is if you're currently wearing chucks, there you go. Yeah, they're a definite upgrade from your chuck. But they are a little more expensive. I mean, they're $150 to $200. Um, like, they're even making some with Gore-Tex. Actually, Alpenstars has a pretty cool hiking boot. It looks like a hiking boot. It's black. It comes in a couple other colors, but it's Gore-Tex. So hmm. at least it's a fully waterproof boot, um, hiking boot. And then it does have a better sole and some heel and toe protection. But they're making all different kinds, like everything from what you would imagine like a loafer kind of. Yeah, a riding loafer, if there's such a thing. But with very minimal protection, really. And it's just to appease people and customers who are like, well, I want something that doesn't look like a riding shoe. But that's the, um, you know, that's the compromise. And it sucks. And I I really wish, like, I could ride in my cute new Subo boots because they're so cute. But I know I can't get the protection level on a boot that's that thin. You know, there has to be, if you want protection, there has to be added stuff onto the boot, which takes away from the form. And unfortunately, I think that's just a, a kind of a, it's just something you have to compromise on, knowing you're going to ride a motorcycle, is you're going to compromise on form a little bit. It, you, ha you can't have, you really can't have both down the middle. I think. Yeah, it's no. it's a trial. I mean, the Dainese gear that I wear was uh, a little bit more form-fitting and flattering, but it is. I, I think that as far as the pants go, though, I'm not quite sure what level of, you know, it's not Cordura the material. So no, yours my is, sacrifice. No, yours is Mugello fabric, which is so soft. Yeah. So the sacrifice is that you're going from something that may protect you in a slide on a highway to, I don't know about that fabric on the air drags. Yeah, I mean, even as though... As abrasion resistance. But even those, I would say those are the only ones that really do look like casual, just skinny pants. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're still kind of this weird material, and those knee guards are huge, so those stick out, those stand oh, out. Yeah. So even those, as close as they get to form, looking beautiful... And I think they look amazing, but like there was this customer who came in the other day and she thought she wasn't wearing Drake's, but she was wearing other Dainese pants, but all the Dainese pants fit like that. I mean, they're all like a lean kind of skinny jean fit. They don't make any trouser pants. They're all look, they all look really good. They're all really lean, you know, they're not baggy and they look great on her. And she thought she looked like the Michelin man. And I'm like, are you kidding? Those look really good on you. That's good. That's a really yeah. great, you know. That's how, like, how much gear has she worn? Is she a new rider? Kind of, like a, within a year. I mean, so yeah. she has. She's a, gonna. No. She's gonna quickly realize that in the motorcycling world, that's about as hot as you're gonna look. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, so there's just that awful compromise that we all have to give into. But yeah, um, yeah. But so I bought a pair of TCX X Street riding shoes for ladies but i'm not wearing them on my bike uh, i bought them because they're waterproof and i thought it would be so great to have kind of a cool high top sneaker that's waterproof because there's been a lot of snow here it's raining every now and then it's a little cold i thought that would be kind of nice because all my other street shoes are thin and no nothing's waterproof except my snow boots so i just thought it'd be cool to have something in between that i could work in and would be a little bit better for the weather you know, while we're on the topic of boots, I have a good question for you. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to be on an Indian, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be wearing the climb suit, so it'll be a little interesting. And uh, the Dainese sirens I took to Jessica at Yellow Devil, actually, because they sat on the shelf for so long, since I was so spoiled with the CDs being so protective everywhere, as opposed to the very casual kind of, eh, quasi-protective yeah. um, waterproof boot. Yep. And now I'm wondering... What am I going to wear on this road trip on the Indian? <laughs> and I would like to get something that isn't, you know, that's going to be a little more protective than that touring boot that I'm getting rid of. 
but uh, I don't know. Well, you already have, well, you mean something between the CD and the Dainese? Or... Probably, I'm thinking... Are you just saying a touring boot with more protection is what you're trying to get? Touring boot with more protection, yeah. So... Because the, the CDs the, are more of a race boot. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they're sporty. So, mm-hmm. you know, they have some more protective elements, although I would not call that a race boot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sport boot. But sure. I think you there's really not a lot in between. Um, <laughs> really, there. I mean, I think the sirens are probably certainly enough for your trip. Um, but no, there's no torsion control, and there's certainly nothing there to limit lateral movement, but that's the give and take is do you want comfort or would you have a little more protection and sacrifice the comfort i myself um actually stopped touring too in my daytonas and i actually exclusively tour in my cds in the vertigos and those things are more uncomfortable than your fusions because they have the full achilles heel and calf the whole yeah an extra yeah. ankle so they're actually a little even more uncomfortable but i put two insoles in there to help alleviate that so i i mean there are a few i've seen a couple touring boots um like dianese has a more street friendly version of their race boots and it's called the trq tour and um but they still have the whole lateral ankle protection to limit twit the torsion control so it's not as it's still restrictive you know like a like a race boot so to speak it's really hard to find something that blends the two completely together the closest i can think of that i've seen is the cd agueda no not agueda that's their dirt boot armada like spanish armada that one mm-hmm it's actually oh, a yeah. dual I'm sport. It right it's a dual nice. sport boot. And that whole upper piece, that shin piece and plate mm-hmm. is fully removable. When you take cool. it off, then it becomes a standard touring boot. Oh. So fancy. you get so it gives you more ankle protection than the touring boot would, but you don't have to have it all. You need a screwdriver that gives you they give you a little tool actually mm-hmm. so you can take it off. Um so that's the only, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I've seen that's like that. Um, hmm. They go as low as a 41. That sounds big. What are you? I think I'm more like a 39. Yeah, that's a problem with the men's. They start at 40, 41, except race boots start smaller. The other one that you might want to look at is called the, um, I want to say it's Alpenstars. It is Alpenstars, and it's the Super Tech Touring. Super Tech Touring Boot. And it is, it looks like a touring boot, but I think they've they've reinforced, they've reinforced the inside of the boot a little bit to give you a little bit more protection. So you can't really, it looks the same on the outside, but I believe it's reinforced laterally. That's the only one I've seen that's really like, kind of meets halfway. What about the Alpine Stars X, uh, SMX5? Have you seen that one before? So the SMX5 is a step up from your Fusion. Yeah. So it's actually a replacement for the... Um, yeah, the 5 is basically actually the same as the Fusion. They just came out with the 6 to replace it. It's not any different from what you have in terms of protection. But I mean, it looks like it might be more comfy, and at least it's waterproof. The CDs that I have are not. Well, you can get a waterproof version of the SMX5, but protection-wise, it's the same. There's no um, torsion control. There's just reinforcements oh, on the ankle. Oh, you're saying it's, it's the same as the Sirens, it's not no. as the CD. No, it's the same as the CD Fusion. Okay, well, that's what I... I want something with protection. I just want something that looks a little more Turing and less... Um, well, I need something waterproof, too, so. Yeah, I mean, basically the SMX5 waterproof is just a waterproof version of what you have. Okay. But Alpenstar's take on it. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 ne- they're equal to each other in terms of features, functionality, p- 
protection, except the waterproof option anyway. But they're on closeout, so that might be hard. If, hopefully they have your size. <laughs> oh, I don't think I finished my boot post. I was updating my blog with boot recommendations, and I totally forgot to finish that. I was going to post. I posted. I'll finish that tonight. I just uh, uploaded about four or five new boots for 2014 to check out, and the SMX6 was one of them. Nice. But, well, um, plenty, plenty of options there for folks who want something a little more touring-like and... But not your your average boot that doesn't offer a lot of protection. Yeah, there's always something in the middle. But I want to see pictures of you wearing climb on the Indian. That should be it. I know. So does Mark. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> He's like, why did you not take pictures while you were out? So this weekend was the first crack I've been able to have at wearing the climb suit because I've had the sport bike and... I wore leathers on that thing because literally the seat and any textile, I'm like sloshing around on this thing. <laughs> so um, I finally was able to wear it yesterday and it was raining in Southern California. So it was perfect weather to actually wear this suit in. And I did not get wet. I wore my uh, thin base layers as well as the medium base layer uh, up top. And on bottom, I wore the Champa um, winter base layer, mm -hmm. and that worked out quite nice. I love and those things. Love I went to basically a presentation at Herb Siever in Orange, Herb Siever BMW, mm -hmm. and they had uh, someone, a guest speaker, talking about traveling in Mexico. So, advice on travel insurance, mm. um, motorcycle insurance, health insurance, um, All different stuff. places to go, safety, blah, blah, blah. And cool. so that was interesting and i got to meet up with walt and nancy after their trip to new zealand oh they got back from new zealand already oh yeah they had a lot of fun and so i i had lunch with them and uh and cam nice. and her husband oh so. that's okay got it and they say hi they say how's joanne doing we miss her yeah me too but uh yeah so i had no problems whatsoever actually the the cool part was um because my boots aren't waterproof, there are several variations on the snap closures on the ankle. And so you can either leave it open so it's, you know, baggy and not really close to your boot. Or you can go two or three different snaps to tighten up the ankle closure on there. Hey, before we deep dive into more into the outfit, let's um, give our news updates to everybody about these darn recalls. Yamaha is recalling a couple of current year models. Uh, the 2012-2013 model year Super Tenere and the 2009-2013 YZF R1 due to heat expansion in the headlight, which can uh, cause the headlight to fail. So if you have any, uh, any of these models, go ahead and contact your manufacturer and give them your information. Your local dealer should be able to help you out with that. As well as the 2014 YZ450F and the YZ250F, also recalled for a little bit more serious of an issue, the drive chain might detach. There's mm. a clip that may crack uh, during use, causing the chain to, 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 uh, causing the chain to detach, uh, resulting in uh, loss of power or rear wheel lockup, which definitely is not a good thing, especially if you're out in the dark. Not so. a good thing. Well, hopefully you don't have one of those. Or if you do, um, hopefully you will get your recall taken care of as quickly as possible and remember what we always say about recalls and when you buy a bike you always want to do the homework so you want to refer back to some of our earlier episodes about about used bike shopping and um how recalls can affect that so let's jump into the fun stuff and um if you didn't listen to last week's episode um so christy is doing some uh, outreach or i guess basically freelance work for climb to help promote and get the word out spread the word out about climb's new women's uh, gore-tex suit because it's been a couple years three a few years i think since they ruminated about releasing this suit and it's finally here so now everybody needs to know why it's so fabulous and every woman should know that it's available because it's a fabulous suit it's worth every penny if you ride and you ride a lot and um, it's just 
a lot of good things about climb. So Chrissy's going to cover the altitude and some of the features. I forgot to take, I forgot to do my homework. So this week I will do my homework and try to get photos wearing it because we have it at Revzilla in the showroom also. So if you live in the Philadelphia area, come and see me because we have a few sizes out of the pants and jacket. And um, I'll try to get that, get that for you this week too. Yeah, Christy, why don't you give us a little, I guess, kind of a rundown on the features, the sizes that are available, and um, maybe what your first impressions are when, you were, when you've worn it and ridden in it. So I'll start from just by saying that apart from some of the other products that, that I've worn as far as Revit's Gore-Tex, that jacket and that pantsuit have Gore-Tex, but it is not fused to the actual shell. Um, Climb's Gore-Tex is fused to the shell, so when you open a vent, you really are feeling the vent pass through to your skin. Yeah, whereas, direct ventilation. Whereas on uh, on the Rabbit, if you open on the Legacy GTX, their former uh, discontinued women's line, you can open the zipper, but you notice that there's something white underneath, and that is actually the Gore-Tex. So uh, the zippers do not penetrate all the way through. So plenty of zips, plenty of vents, although clearly this weekend uh, I was not needing any. Um, I'll start from the pants because I am just happened to be holding these in my lap. And one of the things I was telling Joanne about is the fact that uh, I wasn't wearing waterproof boots and I wanted the pant leg to be snug around my boot to kind of try to protect the boot from getting too wet and exposing too much of it while I rode. So there are multiple little snap options you've got down here. You've got a zippered gusset to really open up the uh, pant leg to make it kind of like a boot cut, boot fit. And you also have three different snaps that are on one side of that um, opening. So that way you can have different variations of how tight. I mean, if you've got a skinny boot, then you probably need to tighten all the way through. But if you don't, then, you know, you've got options there in terms of how, how tight your closure wants to be. So just and then, a really nice, then really nice boot adjustability. So if you're wearing a touring boot versus a full ABV or even an off-road boot, because those mm-hmm. are fat. So that's really nice. Give you ni- a lot of flexibility there to adjust your fit. And then as well, um, there is the expansion gusset, which is their answer to having a long size. So the expansion gusset adds four more inches to the pant leg. And do you need so, it? Me? No. Actually, I don't. If you're taller than me, then uh, then you're in luck because you will have plenty of uh, extra inseam to accommodate your long legs and you won't have to worry about what I did when I wore pants couple years ago which was try to get the highest boot you can so that the pant leg when it lifts up on the freeway doesn't give your calf a little air on the inside of both legs there is a leather kind of patch and if i'm not mistaken and correct me if i'm wrong because you might know more about this um that is to have a little bit more grip right on seats and whatnot because it's literally on the inside of your leg yeah um i would say for that and then also heat it can also be like if you're actually on a dirt bike or if you're on maybe a dual sport bike that puts out a lot of heat that can help True. that that too um yeah because that's one thing i noticed uh like i said when i was wearing uh, when i was riding the sportier street bike um i was flying all over the place with textile on those seats <laughs> and uh the leather really helped not uh, move around. So as I'm riding my bike and looking down at the, oh, well, look at that. There's leather. Um, that's probably their answer to a little bit more grip mm-hmm. where you need it. There are two zippers that kind of have the air goes in and goes out, kind of like the air intake setup. So they're right next to each other. A couple of minutes. And if you open them both up, you have air going in and out. Are there any pockets on the side? Like just... No, no pockets on the side. Um, There are pockets along the waistband. If you want to add a a credit card or, you know, a small bit of change or money, you can uh, Mm. put it in those pockets. They won't hold very much. Sure. There's also uh, what you typically see on on most women's uh, pants, which is the adjustable waistline with Velcro. So there's like two little belts on either side that Mm -hmm. you can tighten up or loosen up. The... uh, 
extra fabric towards the back so that if you were to, if your jacket were to come up, there are zippers so you can attach the jacket to the pants, but if you did not do that, uh, the back of the pants ride a little bit higher so that you don't have that problem where if your jacket lifts up for some reason that your um, back is exposed. As we were talking earlier, sometimes uh, function is more important than form. And that would be the case with uh, what a lot of women complain about, or even men, I guess, too, as far as some of the Klein pants, is that it is a little bit baggy in the butt. And basically um, how they describe this to me is seat spread. So basically your measurements are one way as you're standing up. And then when you go to squat, you kind of spread out a little bit. And the difference between a regular pant without all of the extra fabric back there versus the climb pant is that when you squat in a regular pant, not only does the um, kind of waist hip area get much tighter, but your uh, pant leg also rises up because you're using some of the fabric elsewhere and it's kind of coming up off off of where it was on your ankle whereas with the climb gear they specifically have that extra extra um, material back there to accommodate the fact that when you're squatting your pant legs won't rise so that's kind of another um nifty feature although some women may argue that you know most of the arguments end with climb is technical gear you're not necessarily supposed to look hot in it you're not supposed to look sleek and modern and trendy on your on your motorcycle. I have to argue with that just a little bit because I think there is a way to make it, to design it. I think they could. They really tried. I think they could design it just a little bit more. I mean, no, there's, it's never going to be 100%, but I think they're really only at like 40% in terms of... They could go another 10 or 20%. They really could. I mean, Dainese makes in stellar Di- Gore-Tex pants, and they could, if they wanted to spend the money, they could easily do a laminated pro shell pant they already actually have a two-piece pro shell outfit also that they're trying to compete with it's not like a climb but the fit's different it's Dionysi of course but they're doing it they actually one thing they just came out with which I think is awesome they came out with a real overpant so imagine Dionysi fit but with a full zipper from hip to toe Hmm. yep and that's something they've never done before and uh, I'm actually really excited to check it out because I think a lot of people are going to love that do you actually wear pants underneath it? Like, yes. what would you wear underneath it? Jeans. Overpants. Yes. So, in other words, the overpant, if you get the correct overpant, maybe I should start with that. If you get an overpant that provides enough abrasion resistance, yep. then you can feel safe knowing you're wearing jeans underneath. Yep. Otherwise, if you're getting a flimsy overpant, once, once your slide has blasted through that material, you're onto mm. the denim, and that's where you run into problems. Probably. Yeah, I mean, they're not all the same, but, like, Olympia overpants are Cordura. Those things are, yeah, nothing's happening to those. But I don't know what material this is made out of, but, yeah, they just they just came out with one. But I, I think Climb could. I, they really could. I think they just need maybe different resources to help them figure out the design and fitment. But I, I disagree with their reasoning as far as why they need to make the butt so big because... I think the reason why pants ride up on the bottom is because the knees are always too wide. Because when the the knee and the pant leg is as wide as the waist and the thigh, then there's plenty of room for movement. But when the pants are cut right and they're put together well, the knees stay put and so do the bottom of the pant. And And we've seen that. We've experienced that with our legacy pants. Those things are amazing. And I never feel discomfort when I'm sitting I mean, I'm on a, I was riding on a sport bike in those things, and that's not what those were made for. Um, I had no problems with that. They just know how to fit. They know how to cut out the materials and sew them together so that you have the comfort and you have the function, but you your pants stay in place. I think it, they could do it. I totally think they could do it. They have the wherewithal to do it. Next year, Klein, let's see what happens for 2015. But um, let's move further up the body and and uh, let's hear about jacket, some of the... maybe? On the jacket, is, I, go, I suppose we could go right down to the pockets because that's what everyone's favorite. Where can I put my crap once I get off the bike? <laughs> um, because, of course, it's all in your tank bag or your boxes. And then once you park your bike, you're going to want to move like your wallet and your phone and whatnot. But um, they do have a couple of cool little things here. Uh, they have 
two velcro-y kind of, you know, pockets on the inside that are loose and kind of near where your where your stomach is on mm-hmm. either side. And then they also have two zippered pockets, one that's um, horizontal and one that's vertical on either side. And they also have a little area that they've cut open for headphones nice. so that you can uh, have your, your iPod inside and pull your headphones out. Nice. Um, they also have a nifty little innovative thing where if you're really hot and not wanting to ride with the jacket completely zipped, you can ride with the jacket buttoned so that it's open like a, a v-neck. And I'll have to take a picture because mm-hmm. my attempt at describing this, it makes things a little bit difficult. But they have, it's like a little uh, button that's covered up and when you open up your jacket the two very top parts of the collar can open out and snap down to it so you don't have the collar flapping against your helmet as Mm -hmm. you're riding just like the lapels imagine the lapels on a suit like on a business suit and how they lay flat basically instead of collared up there's that's what the buttons do for the for this jacket they just keep your collar open to get some more more airflow even more than before yeah and as far as pockets on the exterior of the jacket you have two vertical pockets right at the chest and you have plenty of ventilation there's a it's almost a waist to elbow zip underneath the armpit on both sides direct armpit vent yes so nice as and you have uh, another uh, open zip on the top part, so top part of your bicep. Mm-hmm. And there is also a Velcro closure around the forearm to tighten down the jacket. You also have the side waist expansion gusset, mm-hmm. which uh, also has uh, some closures, some snap closures on it, so you can leave it a little bit open. There are also uh, two back zips, more ventilation. Something key to mention about climb gear, and I haven't actually been to um, a dealership that sells climb gear yet because Mm -hmm. my standard dealership in Orange does not carry anything other than uh, BMW gear. Oh, what's your your nearest dealer that has climb? Irv? No, it's Long Beach BMW. Uh, Irv Seifert does not carry climb. Mm. Um, So... Yeah, there are, there are a couple in Southern California, and um, I'm not entirely sure who's all carrying the women's line. I have a list of people who uh, carry Climb products. I'm not sure if all of them are going to stock ladies. That's mm. something I need to follow up on. But yeah. one thing I was going to say, depending on, on what your dealership is that carries Climb, is that Climb sells the jacket and the pant as sort of a shell. They don't sell a thermal liner within it. Um, and quite honestly... Being someone who would rather um, spend that money investing into something I can wear apart from the jacket and pant, I like that. I would rather save my money and have you not spend it on putting a thermal zip-in liner that I can't wear by itself mm-hmm. with my option of getting you know, something like a, a medium base layer or maybe a thin base layer because I run extra hot. I mean, everyone's kind of different in terms of how their temperature is. And so, for me, I'd rather spend the money that I'm saving lacking the thermal liner on a cool little jacket that I can wear with the gear and also without. Yeah, and I have to say that the way that Climb makes their gear, this whole kind of Gore-Tex laminated technology, um, it's all based on base layers. You have to wear a base layer of some sort with their product that goes for the men's gear also. It's the best way to benefit to really benefit and feel the difference and feel the feel how the shell works in wind and in rain and in heat you need that base layer to amplify all these expensive features um, and even in your regular gear that's not climb even in your even if it's a $50 textile riding jacket a base layer will work wonders and improve the performance of your own gear so it's not only important for climb, but it's really important for riding in general. But I would say like the ideal or the perfect situation to wear your climb gear is, you know, um, certainly more for colder weather. 
because although it's ventilated like crazy, it's not a summer outfit. It's not something you really should be buying for summer. Like you live in Arizona and you're going to wear it every day in the summer. It's not really the best way, the best use of the outfit. I would say it's more like I'm doing, I'm going around the world and I'm going to be riding from, you know, California to Japan the long way you know, and, but I'm going to, you're going to ride through desert and then you're going to ride through mountains and then you're going to ride through the streets and then you're going to ride through rain and you're going to hit like 10 different climates and everything imaginable. The climb suit gives you that versatility and flexibility because she will, she'll work if you need, you know, if you need to ride through the desert for like a few days, she will get you through there. And then, you know, when you hit the mountains, you'll be ready to go. So, and see, my argument's a little bit different because I am someone who, of course, now I'm looking at a closet with a whole bunch of gear in it. But when I bought the uh, Legacy GTX, I was looking for something that I could wear all year round yeah. and in whatever condition. And granted, Southern California now, at least, doesn't get a lot of rain. But I wanted something. And, and keep in mind also that I'm not someone who gets hot. Um and, and overheats. So I'm not someone who's going to be utilizing every single zipper unless I'm in the middle of like, you know, the, the desert in August. Um, so for me, the legacy worked because, because it, I, you were really looking for three season, not four. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what's four season snow? No, four season is full is hot to winter, right? Spring, summer, fall, winter. But you sure, never. The only the only experience I don't have down here is snow. <laughs> yeah, but winter. you you say you never get hot, or you never get you know you're always more on the cooler side, and that's what the legacy suit does. Same with the climb suit, for someone who's sure. who's always hot, then the climb suit actually may not be the best. It really I don't depends. Know. The amount of ventilation that's on it, I wouldn't discount it. Just it just is. because it's like my thought is that if you want to get one suit. And you know you're going to be hitting conditions that are rainy. If you live on the East Coast and you know that you're going to be riding in rainy weather and it's going to be hot, you don't want to have something that has a waterproof liner. You want to make sure that you have as thin and protective and waterproof a jacket as possible. And so that is, you know, all these different conditions and me really not wanting to have a closet full of gear is what led me to get Gore-Tex in the first place. And there is a lot more ventilation in this jacket than there is in the legacy just because of the fact that it's direct um, yeah and and you don't have the cortex layer underneath so yep but it's not it doesn't carry the ventilation like mesh it has ventilation but it's not a fully vented option for summer like you don't buy it as your summer suit that's what i mean is that you you buy it with the intention of getting through a few different seasons like you need it for rain you need it for a little heat you need it for a little cool and a little bit of nice and you know what i mean versus i need a summer suit so i'm gonna go buy a climb suit no not until unless you buy the rally air suit or you buy that really cool new of course this is for these are for men they're actually coming out with a really cool street jacket have you seen that one I can't, remember mm, the, I, don't think so. I can't remember the name of it, but if you go to Revzilla and you go to Climb, it's coming. You can pre-order it, and it's actually a sport touring jacket that's, like, vented, like, for street riding and sport and touring, not for adventure. So it's, like, their first kind of foray into the non-ADV world, and I think they're going to really kill with that. It's really cool, actually. I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, it's like, wow, really? I don't expect Climb to come out with something like that, but... Um, I, I, this, I think the other thing about climb suits are too, it's, it's preference. Like some, I know a lot of, I've met a lot of customers who are like, I want to be able to take out my waterproof membrane, even if it is Gore-Tex. I want to, I want to get it out so that I can have it as light and cool as humanly possible. And that's just a preference. I think that some people, they want it this way, and some people will want it the climb way. But not everybody's going to want it the climb way. But if you do, then it's certainly the best way, it's certainly the best option. I mean, they, they are certainly doing the best job, for sure, in, you know, in utilizing the technology the way, the way that they have done it. So um, We should also stress... Um the the base layer talk 
When we say base layer, we don't mean t-shirt or your or your sweatshirt nope. as far as base layers because that isn't going to help you. When we say base layer, we kind of mean like technical base layer. So while technical doesn't have to be only synthetic, you can obviously get the merino wool base layers that we were talking about in previous episodes. That is really what you're looking for. You're looking for like a mid-weight fleece. You're looking mm-hmm. for something Under that's armor. directly against your skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Under Armour style uh, climb obviously makes our own. Uh, several uh, sets of base layers. Um, Everybody makes one. Yeah. So that's really what you're looking for because if you're going to wear multiple layers of cotton underneath your climb suit and then say that you're freezing to death, well... (laughs) That's that's, why. It's not the suit. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say the best way to stay warm too with a climb suit is a germing or some heated gear. It's like your thermal long sleeve shirt and then a germing and then the climb and you're done and you will be so toasty and so comfy you'll be so happy i think and that's of course i think that's the way to go with any gore-tex outfit is to have a heated layer underneath the gore-tex and then you are good to go and you will never you will be so warm um a couple other i think mention worthy suits um if you're also looking of course for men um they make a full adventure rally suit for enduro racing. I mean, really that level, that top, top of the chain level of riding, desert racing, um, Dakar rally level, like that kind of riding. Most people will never need it. The suit that most people will wear or need is the Badlands Pro. And that's um, a step up from the latitude which is like the altitude, but the Badlands Pro has a different fitment. It has more of a compact shape and fit versus the Latitude, which has a really long, a bit longer and wider and maybe kind of boxier fit. And the material is a little bit lighter too. Um, A few less features from the Badlands Pro as well. And those are two are probably the top selling outfits for climb. I'm theorizing. Um, at least based on how many I've sold in my life, the Badlands and the Latitude are the two outfits that everybody wants to wear. But they actually have this, a couple other lower level suits, like the Overland is my favorite because the Overland is basically a souped up kind of dirt jacket that has armor, but the fit is really small, so I can almost fit a small Um kind of cool i was really happy that when i put it on like i could actually wear this it was a little big in the middle because of you know being men's but it's kind of a that'd be i think a nice option for ladies because it did have some hip and waist space so you know climb on the motorcycle side they mainly have excuse me just a few four or five suits but then they have a nice assortment of dirt gear so if you're a hardcore off-road rider and you really want your $10 jersey to last more than one ride. Climb makes spectacular dirt jerseys and dirt pants. And like their pants are a lot of, I think, I don't know of all of them, but a couple of the models are made from Cordura. So they're going to last more than a few spills in the dirt. And um, they also makes, of course, really nice dual sport pants too. But they have a nice complement of dirt jerseys, dirt pants, and um, also they make a really cool little thing like the Gore-Tex stowaway jacket. It's like a little soft shell Gore-Tex hood and it just folds up into a little ball. It's just really small that you could throw over yourself in a second if you needed just some a waterproof shell. But they also have, um, they just have a ton of other fun accessories like waist packs and camelback packs and they make a whole complement of balaclavas and like winter headgear stuff just really winter really good they're really good at making winter things and that comes from having a, a full line of snowmobile gear <laughs> right and they're sn- they're lady actually i really do like their ladies snow gear they have some really cool soft gel ja- soft shell jackets and like snow jackets they're just not motorcycle friendly because there's no armor in there um or abrasion not i don't think there's a lot of abrasion resistance either but they're actually really nice like just really nice parkas and um like i said soft shells they also have a glove line snowmobiling gloves they make lobster gloves like the Hmm. two finger 
lobster gloves um, for snowmobiling, and then street gloves too. They actually do have some street leather riding gloves also. So for but, men only. For men only, but um, there's you know actually we at least we have quite a few choices when it comes mm-hmm. to gloves, but um, yeah, they just make a nice full complement of winter riding gear and accessories. Um, can't just can't say enough good things about them, and and of course you can find them all at rhymesofthe.com, because <laughs> pretty much have every piece of gear known to man. Um, but actually, another brand that I have learned a lot about in more recent just working at Revzilla is Ruka. And ladies, there's a glove that Ruka makes. And I think right now it's the only one for women, but it's a Gore Extra Fit glove. And aside from just being Gore-Tex, it's called the Vilma. Like V is in Victor, I-L-M-A. And when you see Gore-Tex and Extra Fit, it means that just like the climb suits, the Gore-Tex is laminated or bonded to the leather of the glove. So you know how in a lot of winter gloves, you take your hands out and the linings come out because they're pulling away from the leather. That's not the case with an Extra Fit glove. So if you are, want to find a waterproof, fully waterproof, fully breathable guaranteed for life Gore-Tex winter or Gore-Tex glove for riding you want to check out the Ruka uh, Vilma and it's a Gore-Tex extra fit nobody else I haven't found any other extra fit gloves for women there's Gore-Tex gloves for women there's a ton of those but the extra fit feature it's expensive so that's why those Rukas are like 209 um I think men's extra fit gloves start at 160. Like Alpenstars makes one for 160, but even Revit and Rukas are 200, and Held is also 200. So it's a couple hundred bucks, but you'll have a really lean glove without a lot of smushy stuff in the way. So if you have heated grips, you can feel the heat, but still get that wind and water protection. I'm a huge fan there. Yeah, I'm, I can see it's the Pluto that's the 169 the cheapest of the gloves i mean they, but they make a few that apollo gore-tex glove looks pretty neat that one's a really nice one too um, yeah. yeah yeah and held makes an extra fit revit makes one alpenstars makes one ruka makes one dainese i want to say dainese makes one also everybody's starting to make one but the only one that makes one for ladies is ruka and um definitely one to check out and the fit on them is kind of i guess what you would typically envision on any year they're german so it does have a slender long fingered profile i can't wear them because the fingers are too long if you have a second check that one out and then of course you can check out the whole complement of men's gloves um yeah more and more more and more ladies gear options it seems every day there's always something new coming out we have lots to look forward to i think so I think, I don't know, I think that might be it for for 36. What do you think? I think as far as a heads up warning for next week, we uh, may or may not get something out on time because mm-hmm. I am going to be down in Anza with Gary LaPlante That's right. taking his Moto Ventures, a.k.a. Dirt First course over the weekend. Oh, uh, right. I will be down there um on a, on a trials bike as well as probably one of those YZF uh, 250s nice. uh, or 400. Uh, getting some, some good quality, small displacement CC bike love in the dirt. Hopefully it won't be raining. I haven't checked the weather again. Mm. Uh, last time I checked, it was supposed to be sunny. But uh, I will be interviewing Gary, who has been doing this for a very long time and uh, kind of get in the lay of the land of his courses and what he offers and kind of give you guys an idea as to uh, what his uh, what his setup is like down there in Anza. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, if I'm lucky, I'll be able to uh, also catch my Glenn Hegstead interview that I've been trying to get back with him because when I recorded with Chris, he was sick, if you recall. So I still owe you guys that. 
And I think we'll, uh, we'll be doing our final, our real move-in on Sunday also. So, I, sh- I mean, we should be done sometime that afternoon. I don't know, but I don't know what our apartment's going to look like after that. So, yeah, it might be, we might be a couple weeks out. So, um, enjoy this one. It's a little extra long, so hopefully that'll keep you. And then we'll probably just see you back here in two weeks. Yeah, or if I get to cutting uh, right quick, um, perhaps I can get you the Glenn interview by Monday or Tuesday of uh, next week. So how long has your stuff been in that box? Like, when was the last time you've seen this stuff? Because it's been a while. January 22nd? Um, Wow. No, no, the 16th. What am I saying? January, um, it was 15th or 16th that we left. (laughs) So you're going to reunite with stuff you haven't seen in like two months almost. About a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff that we, it's not like vital. My vacuum's in there. My iron's in there. Bunch of clothes. Oh, my gear's in there. Um, Can't really use it right now anyway. So we will definitely see you in a couple weeks. Um, Until then, we hope you have a great one and Please ride lots of miles for me if you live in a sunny, warm, dry place. Yeah, and hey, thanks again for, you know, getting back to our one-year anniversary. Um, We probably still wouldn't be doing this just for the hell of it if only five people listened. So thank you guys so much for uh, being so supportive and sitting through all of the hiccups in the beginning with, uh, with sound quality. And just, yeah, just don't get me all gushy but uh it's it's been very cool and i'm very thankful that i have such an awesome co-host me too taught me so much about (laughs) gear and uh you know helped me find leather pants and all kinds of stuff so i think um i think we make a pretty decent team and we're able to play off of each other pretty well and uh yeah so anyway just my two cents on the whole thing but thank you guys i just wanted to make that pretty clear that we wouldn't be here if uh, we didn't have an audience and especially a supportive one 